I'm going to start a little series tonight because I was prompted by the Holy Spirit. I was going another direction and he prompted me to go here. I want to talk about God's power through spiritual gifts. I've been here since 1994 and since 1994, I've talked quite a few times on gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I feel, I feel unction to do so again because we're going into... Uh, wow, um, a, a really challenging time, probably the most challenging time any of us have ever seen in our lifetime. Don't let that scare you because God's got something up his sleeve. And, and right, on the, right, right at the same time, it, it seems like in my prayer time that the power of God is going to hit the church in a way it hasn't in the whole church age. Y'all didn't even hear what I said. Y'all asleep. Did you hear what I just said? The power of God's going to hit the church. And God wants us to get ready for that. And you get ready for that by seeking first the kingdom of God and get the sin out of your life. Let's get real. Comp- if you've got compromise in your life, if you've got, uh, um, if you've got um, uh, personal compromise um, uh, where nobody knows, nobody sees, but God, get it out of your life. Because got, we've got to clean up the vessel so the Holy Spirit can flow. And... Uh, he, he, he won't flow through a corrupt place. And so clean up. And whatever that means to you, clean up your mind, clean up your mouth, clean up your flesh, clean up your attitudes, clean up. I hear it. He wants, us, he wants to wash us clean so he can use us, right? So we are on the verge of, uh, seriously, the greatest move of God I, I think the world has ever seen. I know you probably heard that before. You heard me say it before, but... Y'all, it's, it's right here, and I feel it. And, and, you know, we just opened up with the Lord speaking uh, via different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. But uh, on, on the heels of that inside of me, uh, I feel like um, a lot of us are in the same place. That is, sometimes you have times when, when your time with the Lord is, is, is really exciting, and you have other times where it's really quiet. And I feel like there's a bunch of people in the room, you're having a quiet time with the Lord, and he's not saying a lot. If he's not saying a lot, he wants you to drill deeper. Did you hear what I just said? God's not speaking to you. Not, you know, it's good, but you know, okay, God, what's up? He wants you to go deeper. He wants you to get quiet, and he wants you to get in his presence in a different way, in a more full way, but because we need to do that. And, and, and you know, when all this stuff happens, you'll say, you know, he's right. We needed to do that. So uh, I want to talk to you about spiritual gifts because God wants to use you in gifts of the Spirit. It's not just for pastors, not just for people in ministry. It's for every believer to be used by the Holy Spirit. And he wants to use you, yes or no? So oft quoted, but I want to read it for context. Joel 2.28, shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. And, you're, and I don't have time to talk about the verses before you can look at the context yourself. But it's talking about, I believe it's talking about the time we're going into. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams. Young, young men shall see visions. Now, Peter mentioned this in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, which is almost 2,000 years ago. So the church age is the last days, but we're at the very last of the last days. I mean, I mean, if you look at the time frame, we're, we're really close to Jesus returning, it seems. And he says, verse 29, And also on my men servants and maidservants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. So again, I'll show wonders in the heavens and the earth, blood, fire, pillars of smoke. It's be a time of conflict is what that's revealing. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Uh, and I've taught on that so much when I taught on the book of Revelation, uh, Matthew 24, uh, Revelation 6, and some related passages, about four in the book of Isaiah. Uh, well, actually, three in Isaiah and the one here in Joel 2 mentioned the sun darkening, the moon darkening, stars not giving their light. That's a sign that the rapture is about to occur. Go listen to Jesus in Matthew 24. We've talked about it. Then the day of the Lord is a day of divine judgment on the world after the church is taken out. It's called the day of the Lord. It's not a 24-hour day, a period of time. It's the last couple of years of that seven years we typically call tribulation. So this, this right around that time, there's a moving of the Holy Spirit. Um, old men will dream dreams. Sons and daughters prophesy. Young men see visions, he said. And uh, it'll come to pass, he said. That whoever calls on the name of the Lord, verse 32, shall be saved. So it's time of salvation and people coming to the Lord in, in a great way. And you know, when your flesh is hurting, you're going to look for a solution. And, uh, and so because of what's coming, I think uh, we are going to have some amazing times in God in our future. So again, on the verge of a great move of God as the world races towards future judgment and um, a fresh manifestation of gifts of the Spirit are, are in 
this move of God that we're going into. I think it's already begun in, in a small way, but it's going to get much, much stronger. And so to be used by the Holy Spirit the way he wants to use us, we need to know what he wants to do and how it works. So I won't, I'll just get on the bare edge tonight, but gifts of the Spirit are for the body of Christ, for us to minister to others, yes or no? And so I'm talking about in your everyday life, as you're, as you're maybe taking a break, as you're at lunch, you got to do your job. If you're working, work, Right? Uh, if you're working, work hard. That's the greatest witness you'll have on your job is to do a good job and be conscientious. Yes or no? And, and make, your, make your employer glad that they're paying you money to do what you do. Be worth more than your job. But, but the periphery times, Jesus wants to use you to share him with other people. Yes or no? So um, with that comes spiritual gifts and God wants to, all of us to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to read this again for context, the first 11 verses now concerning uh, spiritual gifts. The Greek literally reads this way, uh, now concerning things pertaining to and of the Holy Ghost. That's interesting, isn't it, brethren? I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And I'm just, I'm just, I want to get down to what I want to talk about, so I'm not even going to comment. There are diversities of gifts. There are differences of gifts, but the same Spirit, Holy Spirit. There are differences of ministry, offices he's talking about there. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. But the same Lord Jesus that oversees the ministries that he set in the body of Christ. There are diversities or differences of activities. The activities of the spiritual gifts in the different people that God uses is what he's speaking of there. But it's the same God who works all the spiritual gifts and all the ministry offices in the body of Christ. And you could go further and say all the people in the body of Christ. Verse 7, he says, but the uh, manifestation, the shining forth of the Spirit is uh, given to each one for the profit of all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given. I, I need to uh, emphasize that when the Holy Spirit manifests, we don't manifest the Spirit. He ministers up inside of us. It, you know, you feel it sometimes on your flesh, but the Holy Spirit's in you as a believer. And when he manifests in spiritual gifts, it comes up from inside of you. And we'll talk about that in great detail. And maybe even during this, uh, this time, weeks and weeks, as we talk about this, uh, give opportunity for question and answer if you want to know how these how these gifts manifest, and we'll, we'll try to get real practical with it. Um, so he says there, um, there are different diversities of activities, differences of activities. Same God who works on all the manifestation of the spirits given to each one for the profit of all. Then he, then he miss, mentions all of them. Verse 8, for the one is given the word of wisdom. Everybody say word of wisdom. It's not the gift of wisdom. It's the word, a fragment of God's all wisdom. Um, uh, to another, the word of knowledge. Again, everybody say word of knowledge. So it's a fragment of God's all-knowing. And we'll go into detail on these things through the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. Now, uh, the Greek would actually say special faith. It's, it's something different than the ordinary faith in God's word by which we're saved. It's something that literally comes on you. And I have experience in that one. So we'll talk about it and we'll give you some scriptural references. Uh, to another, gifts of healings. Everybody say gifts of healings. See, it's not the gift singular. It's gifts of healings. There are different kinds of diseases and illnesses, and there are gifts of the Spirit that are pointed towards each one of those, and we'll talk about those that in, in much more detail when we get to it. So gifts of healings by the same Spirit, and this is not talking about medical science. Nothing wrong with medical science. Nothing wrong if you need a physician to go um, but this is separate and uh, separate from uh, medical aid of any kind where God supernaturally heals by the Holy Spirit. Verse 10 to another, the working of miracles. Everybody say working of miracles. That's where God sets aside the laws of nature as we know it, and he does amazing things. To another, prophecy. Everybody say prophecy. prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. Say discerning of spirits. The word discern means to see, so that's literally seeing into the spirit realm. To another, different kinds of tongues. That just happened tonight. Um, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. But uh, one and the same spirit works all these things. All these what? The Holy Spirit causes all of these nine 
spiritual gifts to manifest. And notice he puts a, uh, he puts a qualifier on it, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So, so, you know, what you should read into that is the Holy Spirit causes spiritual gifts to manifest not according to what we want or even pray for, but what he wants to use you in. You get that? Distributing to each one individually. Now, now if, if you take that one part, distributing to each one individually, uh, you can read into that that it is the will of God for every believer in the body of Christ to be used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Could you read that into that? Uh, A part of this, an aside is, if you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit, you need to be. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit September 12th, 1976. That changed my whole world. And I was in a Baptist church until then. They don't preach and teach. The baptism with the Holy Spirit, denominational churches, Generally, don't uh, the, the mainline denominations like Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian? They believe in cessationism, which which is the belief system that spiritual gifts ended in the first century when the last apostle died. The problem with that, there's no scripture to verify that at all across the board. And I've had people give me spit baths about that, so I've had a bath. I don't need one. And you can just hold your words because I know I've, I've been in this long enough to see it's real. So if you haven't received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, a precursor for being used by God in, the, in, in spiritual gifts, you've got to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit and you're in the room tonight, if you'll come up to me tonight and say, I want that, then we'll pray for you and you'll get that. But you've got to be born again, right? So if you need a new birth, come and we'll pray with you and baptism with the Holy Spirit. Come and we'll pray with you. Nonetheless, distributing to each one individually in the last, the last part of that as he wills. See, there's another qualifier. Uh, we don't determine, say, God, I want to be used in word of knowledge. God, I want to be used in working of miracles. That'd be great. Everybody see me. Well, you won't ever be used in that then. <laughs> no, it's as he wills, not as you will. And you can't say, God, I, and you can't use your faith, say, God, I want to be used in this gift, that gift. You can't do that. It's he's the one that determines who's used in what way. It's not for us to say, God, I really want to be used in prophecy. God, I I really want to be used in the gifts of healings. God, I I really want discerning of spirits. I want to see angels. I want to see devils. I want to see Jesus. That's not for you to say. And if you pray that way, the devil may accommodate you. Deception's rampant today, right? So anyway, uh, you can read all that in and read that on your own again. And ask the Lord to talk to you because he'll show you things about that. Uh, anyway, 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10 would be the background for what we're going to be talking about the next number of weeks as I go into detail. Again, uh, tonight we're just opening it up and, and hitting some high spots and introducing. So there are um, nine spiritual gifts uh, for clarification. Many years ago, a man of God was actually a conscientious objector in World War I and was imprisoned in England for being a conscientious objector. And while he was in prison, he was born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, a man of God. But he didn't believe in going to war, so he stayed in. And you know what? God gave him what I'm going to share with you right now. God gave him the classification of spiritual gifts, and it's been a real blessing to the body of Christ since then. That was the that was the early part of the 20th century. Here we are in the early phases of the 21st century. It's been a great blessing. So there are three revelation gifts or gifts that reveal something. And it's just great if you can understand it. It helps you remember them if you quantify them this way. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. All three of those have to do with what God knows that he can reveal to you if and when he wants to, okay? Okay. And we'll talk about that in detail. So these are revelation gifts, we call them. Again, gifts that reveal something. So think about that. Uh, And then there are power gifts. And those are gifts that are an outward display. They do something. The gift of faith, the working of miracles, the gifts of healings. And we'll talk about these in great exhaustive detail and give scriptural examples about all of them. And then there are three gifts that say something. And those, of course, are the utterance gifts, the gift of prophecy, And then the gift of different kinds of tongues and then the interpretation of tongues. So these gifts manifest again according to what God has called us to do. So uh, in fact, let me read this, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ members individually and God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, 
And now this is unusual. Now you find the same, and then he says, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. So you'll find the same list spoken of in a different way in Ephesians 4, 11, and, and um, uh, Jesus ascended on high and gave gifts unto many, and he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Well, in this particular list, he mentions apostles, prophets, teachers, but he doesn't mention he doesn't mention evangelists. He doesn't mention pastor, does he? And so he's but but he, but he, but he lists them here according to the spiritual gifts that work in their ministry. Look again: first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings. Now, what office would that be? That would be the evangelistic office. The only evangelist in the New Testament that we have a record of is Philip, the evangelist in the book of Acts, and. He had um, the gift of, of um, working of miracles and the gifts of healings operating in his ministry. So, uh, so again, a bona fide evangelist would have those spiritual gifts working with him. And then, it, then, and then the last three here, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. I look, the word help up, helps up, and you know what it means? A helper. <laughs> Where do you find a helper? In, in a local church, in a ministry. So when it's, but in context here, when it's speaking of these three helps administrations, that's a person that's able to organize things and strategize things and get a group of people to work together. That's administrations. That heads up in the pastoral office. Now, I've got that gift. You know, when I came here, we had 49 people, and here we are with all this now. How'd that, well, it's, I didn't find it difficult. I just had to pray a lot and seek God and but that gift is there. So it's, it's a pastoral office he's speaking of when he mentions helps, administrations, and then varieties of tongues or different kinds of tongues. Um, and so, again, he lists, he lists um, uh, the apostle, prophet, and teachers uh, in the ministry office, but then he, he mentions the other two ministry offices not mentioned uh, by the spiritual gifts that work in the office, so the evangelistic gift and that pastoral office. Why did I say that? Wherever you are planted in the body of Christ and whatever God's called you to do, there are spiritual gifts commensurate with what God's called you to do. So, so I know the big question you have in your mind. So, well, pastor, I'm not called like you in a full-time ministry. I've got a full-time job. I mean, I have a business. I've got, I work for an organization, yada, yada. So, so what's the Holy Spirit going to do with me? I, I don't stand in one of those main five offices. Well, that you may not, and that's fine. And not everybody can, and you're not supposed to. There's a few that will. We say, but what can you expect? You can't expect the Holy Spirit to divide to you the spiritual gift or gifts that he wants you to function in. Now, you can expect that. And, and you should, the question I have tonight, and, and we'll end with this, are you asking God for the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in your life? Are you purposely seeking to be used by the Holy Spirit? Or are you just kind of tooling through your day, reading your Bible, praying, Coming to church, you know, uh, you know, some people come twice a week. Some people come once a month. So are you just kind of tooling through life, doing your thing, not expecting anything? Or question, are you specifically asking God to use you in spiritual gifts to help other people? And are you open to their manifestations? Uh, now, see, when I start talking, I hear things. So here's what I saw when I was a young man. I began reading these things, and I read vociferously a lot. And um, boy, I just, and I was so interested. I'd never heard about gifts of the Spirit or anything like that. The Baptist Church never, ever, ever taught it, and I was there almost 18 years. Never, never. Not this way. In fact, they said it wasn't available today. And I just devoured this. So that put in me a, just a really a hunger. I said, God, I want these things. In the church I attended, it was a charismatic church in my hometown, Florence, South Carolina. And, uh, and, and we just, you know, people would be healed. Um, we, I saw the manifestation of these gifts of the Spirit regularly in our congregation. I started attending a Bible school right away at night, and, and we were just all about God. I mean, it was just in the atmosphere. If you were alive in the 70s, you know what I mean. There was a move of God worldwide, really. And in America, we'd just come through the hippie movement, and, and, and things were a mess And you know, the free sex time of the 60s and you know, our, our nation was just a mess, and, and it's a mess again. Bad, worse than then. 
Um, but, but God began to pour out his spirit and, and people got saved by score. And, uh, and we, there, there was just a hunger. So for me, I just started asking when I learned about these and I would read first Corinthians 12. In fact, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit that day, the guy that ministered to me said, you know what? You need to go home and you need to go read, you need to go read first Corinthians 12, first Corinthians 13, first Corinthians 14. And you need to read it a lot. In fact, wear it out. Read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, over and over and over and over. And I did. And I read about these gifts and then 1 Corinthians 14. All of 1 Corinthians 14 is about the proper use of, of prophecy, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues in a public service. And uh, why? Because there's, there's opportunities for huge misuse. You don't have a whole chapter on water baptism. <laughs> you, know, you know, you got a few verses in 1 Corinthians 11 uh, about communion, and then Jesus mentioned it, but but you don't have a whole chapter like that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so, but but why do you do that? Well, because there's 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 it should be in the church, uh, and then there's an opportunity for it to be misused. So I read these things a lot, but then I begin to ask. God, I say, God, I, I I don't know even how to ask you, but you know I want these things to manifest. And if, and here's what I said: I said, God, I mean, if you don't have anybody, I, I'd do it. And I'm not kidding. I'd go to service and say, God, you know, it scared the bejeebies out of me if you did this. But, you know, you know, if you want to speak to people, I'm, I'm open, you know. And then I read where he used a donkey in the Old Testament. I said, I'm, I got a bigger brain than a donkey, I think. Maybe you could use mine or my heart, you know. And, uh, and so I started praying that way. And the first time uh, that the gift of prophecy. Now, God uses me. You know, I'm getting off, but I'll get back to my notes in a second. I started, the first, first spiritual gift I ever remember manifesting in my life was a gift of prophecy. And I was in Bishopville, South Carolina on a Friday night. And this is October of 1976. And we had about, I don't know, 20, 25, 30 people in a circle. We were in a guy's living room, big old living room. And we were just singing songs. Y'all, we come off of drugs. We come out of the world. We were dr- ex-drunkards, ex-sinners, just nasty people, just nasty people that Jesus cleaned up. And you know, you'll have a grateful heart if you were really bound and then you get set free. How many know you will have a grateful heart? You know, he, he, he that loves little, Jesus said, is forgiven little. But he who loves much was forgiven of much. So we had a whole group of people. Y'all, I mean, we just wanted God. And you know what breaks my heart today is we don't want God like that. Because we've become smug and satisfied. And I think that God maybe is saying to us, drill a, drill a deeper well, get hungry again. How many hear me? It's revival time again. Do you hear what I'm saying? So I was doing that and I was praying, God, you know, I'm open if you want to use me. And I didn't know what to say or what to do or anything. So we went to Bishopville where I'm in the middle of that group of people were singing just a little, I call them ditty choruses. They had, you know, just a couple of, couple of um, chords to them. And, and we'd sing, we'd sing those little songs, and 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 it was all new and fresh to us because most of us had either never been to church or were in the denominational church. And you had a you had a piano over here and an organ over here. Every church you went into, on the left you had a, uh, is that right? Well, one church I had actually, actually one had it backwards. But anyway, you had a piano and an organ, and, and but we had drums and we had a trumpet and we had a guitar and we had and we had a piano. We had a pipe organ in my church. Yeah. So uh, we just, man, we let it go. But um, anyway, we're just singing, worshiping the Lord. And while we're singing, while we're singing, something came on me. And I'd never felt that. I'd never felt. Y'all, can you believe somebody can be in church for 18 years and never feel the power of God? I know that's true because I was. But the power of God came on me. Even when I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, I didn't feel a lot. And I think God did that to me on purpose. But in that little circle, October of 1976, we're singing. And while we're singing, and we kind of mellowed, we sang for 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes maybe. And then we kind of mellowed down, got a little bit quiet. And I heard words inside of me. And I don't remember the rest, but the first part of it was, I'm sending you as, as lights in the middle of the darkness. And that lit up inside me. I heard those words, just that little phrase. And it was so strong. And I didn't know what it was. And then when I heard them, it felt like a balloon was blowing up inside of me. And I heard, 
say that out loud. I said, in front of all these people? Forget the people, just say it out loud. Never done that. I'll make a fool of myself. It ain't about you. Speak it out loud. And you know what? I just opened my, when I opened my mouth, y'all, every hair on my arm stood up. It felt like it stood up. I did have hair. It felt like all my hair stood up. And you know, I felt the presence of God in a way I never had. And, and you know, boo, I just, and, and when I said those few words, a bunch of words came out I never thought of. And then everybody just started praising God spontaneously. And we began to sing in other tongues. And I'm telling you, I said, God, what in the world was that? I left that meeting really surprised. But then I said, God, that's, that's real good. Like Andy, Sheriff, that's good. That's real good. I want some more of that. So that put a hunger in me for God. And you know, God may not use you in prophecy or may you not use you that way. But once God uses you in whatever spiritual gifts he's called you to, once he uses you, you'll sense the presence of God in a fresh way. You know, when I was a little boy, I, I drank water out of a hose pipe when it's hot in, on summer and we're working in the garden, and the water tasted like the hose pipe. Y'all ever done that? Probably not good for you. <laughs> but but when, when the Spirit of God flows through you, he'll touch you while he's helping others, and he'll change you. How many hear what I'm saying? If you want God to change you, Get your eyes off of you. Get your eyes on, on Jesus and minister to others. And the more we minister to others, the more he ministers to us. A lot of people are high and dry because all they think about is I. I have never said that before. Maybe I should say that again. A lot of people are high and dry because they only think about I. Get your eyes off of you. Get your eyes off on others, Jesus first. I mean, God will use you. You know, God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And maybe you're struggling with your flesh. Somebody in here is struggling with your thoughts. Well, get your thoughts off of you and what you don't have. Get your thoughts on Jesus and asking him to help others. And you know what? That will probably leave you like a bird off of a tree limb. And it won't be an issue again. Again, if we keep our eyes on us and are self-absorbed, God has a hard time using us. But when we think about him using us to minister life to others, you know, you get God's smile and you get his gaze, gaze when you take his eyes off of you and put them on the people God wants to reach. Yes or no? 1 Corinthians twelve thirty one says this, but earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. A more excellent way into what? The gifts. If you love people instead of loving yourself, yeah, we already love ourselves. Give me a hammer and let me hit your finger. I'll show you how much you love yourself. You already love yourself. But if you love others and put your eyes on Jesus and others, he'll minister to you. But earnestly desire the best gifts. Everybody say the word Desire. I put this in my notes. Did, can you put that definition up there? It's directly from uh, my um, Greek uh, lexicon. So anyway, forget all the little numbers and stuff. The word is where we get our word zealous. That word desire, the English word zealous comes from that. Zelu is the Greek word to have warmth or feeling for or against. So you could be really angry, that zelu. Or you could be really exuberant and, and in love with something, that's zelu. Got it? So affect, covet earnestly, to have, desire, to move with envy, to be jealous over, um, to be zealous or zealously affected. And then uh, from my Olive Tree Bible app, here's some more definitions. To burn with zeal, to be heated, or to boil. Now this is a negative connotation, but it includes the positive with envy, envy hatred, anger in a good sense, like Jesus was righteously angry when he drove the people out of the temple, he was full of zelu. He was zealous. He was burning with zeal, passion. Um, to be zealous in the pursuit of good, to desire earnestly, pursue, to desire one earnestly, to strive after, busy oneself about him, to exert oneself. So the whole idea with, with desire spiritual gifts is you want them really badly. My concern is, Ain't too many people 
really desiring spiritual gifts the way God wants us to. Yes or no? So, so how about you? Are you desiring spiritual gifts? Are you zealous for spiritual gifts? He said we should be. Then 1 Corinthians 14, 1, he uses the same word again. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. And right the moment I put my eyes on that, I've got to turn here because the Amplified uh, New Testament has an excellent translation of 1 Corinthians 14, 1. And let me see if I can beat the guys in the sound booth. Here we are right here. Uh, here. Eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your great quest. Then he says, and earnestly desiring cultivate the spiritual endowments, especially especially that you may uh, prophesy. So again, the idea here from 1 Corinthians 12, 31, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, is we're, we're, we're to be really, really hot for spiritual gifts. If you're not, I want to encourage you to start asking God for spiritual gifts to manifest. Will you do it? Another thing I did when I was young, and no, nobody really, t- I don't even know how I wandered into this, but I read so much about this. I read quite a few books about gifts of the Spirit. There are not that many books written these days about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, uh, back in the 70s, there were. And there are many from the or turn of the 20th century, you know, the early 20th century in the 20s, 30s, 40s, uh, 50s. There was a big move of the Spirit then. Uh, and so I found those books and read them. In the Bible school, I attended taught uh, quite a bit on gifts of the Spirit. I'd read those things, but I guess out of my reading, uh, here's what I did, and I didn't realize what I was doing then. I looked back on it, and I said, that was amazing. They God even had me do that, but uh, I'd be on the way to church. And, and, you know, many times I had worked a 10-hour day in a grocery store while I was going to college, and, and I was just tired to the bone, didn't even want to, you ever just not want to come to church? Just, I'm just tired. I've worked all day. I'm, I'm just beleaguered. You know, my mind's tired. My body's tired. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to see anybody. You ever feel that way? Well, I felt that way most of the time. <laughs> but I don't know why I started praying, Lord, use me. I ask you to manifest yourself in spiritual gifts in the service. And, and I pray, Lord, use the pastor, use other people. And Lord, if there's nobody else, I'm a donkey, use me. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever you got to do. But you know what? I've started praying that way regularly. And we would have manifestations of the Holy Spirit in our meetings and in our services. And every once in a while, the church was smaller, but God, God would use me. In fact, I'll never forget one Wednesday night, I was praying this way. This is some years later. This was back in the late 80s. Uh, actually, it's the early 90s. I was going to a church service, and I was praying the same way. I'd been praying this way all those years. And I said, God, I remember being on the way. I was, for some reason, my family wasn't in the car with me. I was alone. I said, God, manifest the Holy Spirit tonight. Let gifts of the Spirit manifest in this church service. We need you. I need you. These people need you. Manifest yourself. And we started singing and worshiping. Everybody was tired. It's Wednesday night. And, and you know, something, the Holy Spirit came on me strong, uh, real strong. And I had a word. I wasn't going to give it out. And we finished the praise and worship. And the pastor said, Mitch Horton, you got something given. I said, I can't believe he said that. And the Holy Spirit came on me. So I just want to encourage you. Now, I'm not going to pick you out. And I'm not going to pick on you. And the Holy Spirit, you know, may or may not prod you, but I want to encourage you, ask God to use you in spiritual gifts and ask God to manifest spiritual gifts in whatever church service you're attending. Yes or no? Now, if you go into the First Baptist on such and such a street in whatever city, they're probably not going to manifest. And, uh, and you shouldn't try to even try if the people aren't open to it, right? But if you go into a church and they're open to it, ask, right? Yes? I'll lay y'all awake. So I want to encourage you to earnestly covet spiritual gifts. Start asking for them. Zechariah 10, 1, ask the Lord for rain. In the time of the latter rain, the Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. Ask the Lord for rain. Ask. You got to ask. How many would make a commitment tonight to ask the Lord for gifts of the Spirit to manifest? I want you to make a commitment by raising your hand. Say it out loud with me. Heavenly Father, I'm open to you and I ask you, wherever I am, whatever church service I'm attending, if the pastor in church are open to the Holy Spirit, Lord, I give you permission to use me and I ask you to manifest yourself 
in every church service that I attend beginning tonight in the name of Jesus. All right. Now start praying and asking. Ask God to use people in spiritual gifts. It may be the pastor. It may be somebody on the staff team. Or it could be you. And the other issue is it's not just, it's generally not for church services. It's generally for out when you're out and about where people need Jesus, that God will use you in spiritual gifts. Now, God uses me in the gifts that he's placed with me, which, you know, I've been used a lot in the word of knowledge, sometimes the word of wisdom. I'm not even going to give you explanation tonight. And then many times in gifts of healings and the gift of faith. And then, you know, uh, over the years, different kinds of tongues in my personal private prayer life. And then prophecy comes on me when I'm praying inspired utterance so not everybody's used the same way i think those have to do with my office of pastor and uh, but if you'll start seeking god you know you you go let me tell you what's going to happen you're going to be in a grocery store somewhere or you're going to be in a target or a walmart or you're going to be just somewhere where people are and you'll look at somebody and you'll hear words inside to go to them and do whatever and you know what it'll be it'll be the holy spirit wanting to manifest a spiritual gift and, and if you'll be bold enough to obey God and it feels like you may fail, that's okay. Do it anyway. And if you'll do it anyway, you will, you will experience the power of God. And the Lord will use you to minister to people. Did you hear me? I could give you so many examples of, of people I've talked to and ministered to over the years. It's just incredible how God does that. Ask him for the gifts of the Spirit. A um, couple of things, I'm, I'm watching the time closely. Donald G. Uh, was an Assemblies of God minister, I guess 20s, 30s, 40s, uh, and, and wrote some really good books, and I have them in my library. They're very old. I don't know if they're even in print now. I found the first Bible school I went to in the 70s, they were there. But he had these quotes about spiritual gifts that I found quite insightful. He said, and this is in my notes, uh, he said this in his book entitled Fruitful or Barren. There are multitudes who will never be moved and open to the gospel except by the manifestation of supernatural power. They're panting for it in full view of a powerless church. He's talking about spiritual gifts there. He went on to say the ultimate and full purpose of spiritual gifts is to bring men face to face, talk about women too, with the reality of the invisible God to make the church realize that the Holy Spirit is ever present and that all true ministry springs from him who is her only source of life and power and to make the unbeliever equally conscious that God cannot be forgotten. That's incredible, y'all. So, you know, uh, uh, spiritual gifts also lift the service. You notice just, you know, uh, when that tongue and interpretation came beginning of the service, see how it lifts us spiritually? It'll minister to you on the inside. God doesn't just want your head ministered to. He wants your heart ministered to. And that's where gifts of the Spirit come in. Donald G. Lastly said this, the healing of the sick has great power to arouse the indifferent, convict of sin, attract to the gospel, and lead to genuine conversions the gifts clothe regular meetings i love this with a sense of the reality of the presence of god isn't that awesome kenneth hagan i uh, was in 1980 i was taking a class and he was teaching on gifts of the spirit and he was teaching in front of 2,000 people and just gave an utterance in tongues not unlike what happened tonight and here's the and i wrote the interpretation down in my notebook and susan was sitting right beside me when this happened this was like December of 1980. There are those who will never be reached except through the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. So covet earnestly these manifestations. I, I never forgot that. That's, that's 42 years ago when I heard that almost. And uh, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to be zealous for spiritual gifts and ask for them, read about them, seek God about them, and ask Him to manifest Himself. Everybody Okay. Lastly, I've got a, got a document here that I have uh, I've read uh, a number of times here. Only one part of this, Mark Barclay is a, 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 a veteran uh, and uh, he was of rank in the military and then uh, was in the um, Vietnam War. Then he became a pastor for the rest of his life. And he's just a really wonderful man of God. I've heard this man many times. Anyway, he had an article that was printed in Charisma Magazine in, I think it was December of 2014. That's a number of years ago. 
um, that was just really awesome. I don't have time to read the whole article, but he saw in vision form Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Verse 2 says, that's verse 1, verse 2. For darkness will cover the earth and deeper gross darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you. His glory will be seen over you. And in a vision form, uh, he was in a camp meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma in July of 1987. And that would, what, be 35 years ago now, this month. And I was actually in that meeting. I think when that happened, my son Jonathan was three years old sitting beside me. And, uh, and he, I didn't know it, but Mark Barkley was having a vision from the Lord then. And he saw the gross darkness. He saw the sin that we're dealing with right now in our culture that, that is wanting to entrap the young and enslave families. It's horrible what's happening. And everybody feels, you know, pretty much butthurt about it, don't you? Um, and he saw it. But, but then he also saw in this vision God gave him during that camp meeting service that night, Kenneth Hagin was preaching, uh, he saw the light, he saw the glory of God fall on the church. And I wanted to read this. Here we are. Here's what he said he saw. Um, a piercing light hit his eye. Everything within me, and I quote from him, just jumping right in the middle of the article. Turn and look into it. Turn now, run into it, the Lord said to him. Uh, yet there was this hesitation because it was so bright. It's all a bright light. And it seemed to shine through me. Finally, I gave into it, looked directly at it. With both eyes, I saw the depth of this bright cloud. He saw the cloud of the glory of God hit the earth. Uh, just like the dark cloud I'd seen before it was coming over the horizon of the earth, I could tell that it was going to cover the planet. I just knew that nothing could stop it. I remember asking the Lord, what is this? What is this massive, earth-consuming, bright cloud? And he was seeing a vision. He said, the Lord answered and said to me, oh, this is my glory. This is the glory cloud that I showed my prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2. This is what I promised, that my glory would fill the whole earth. What's inside the cloud, I ask? Uh, it's filled with the greatest miracles humans had ever seen. It's filled with healing for every disease, a cure for every sickness. It's the power to overcome sin and filth, to receive truth, reject error, heresy, and doctrines of demons. It's full of manifestations of my spirit. It's full of the anointing of Jesus Christ and much, much more. Isn't that awesome? He saw it 35 years ago. And, and you know, y'all, I really think we're right in the middle of it. Lastly, I want to read this. This is a book I've had in my possession, I think since at least now, uh, probably 1976. Uh, it's copyright 1974-75, Kenneth Hagin. Jesus appeared to Kenneth Hagin, who had a teaching ministry, but he was a prophet. He had a prophet's ministry. And uh, Jesus appeared to him eight times in the 1950s. Uh, and, he, and he went into a traveling ministry. And uh, uh, he had an experience in September of, uh, of 1950, which would be 72 years ago in a couple of months, uh, that I think that we're going to see come to pass. And I want to read this. This is chapter two of his book, I Believe in Visions. And in that book, he uh, uh, categorizes and talks about the eight times Jesus appeared to him. It's worth reading the book. There's so much spiritual content. And I read it myself every once in a while just to keep myself stirred up. So here it is, jumping right into a part of chapter 2. Um, uh, and he talks about Jesus appearing to him. He was in a tent meeting on the outside. It was raining. About 40 people were there. But the Holy Spirit came on him in that prophetic ministry. And here's, here's his words from the book. Um, about that time, the Holy Spirit came upon me again. I'm jumping right in the middle. It seemed as if a wind were blowing on me. I fell flat on my face on the platform. I lay under the power of God. It seemed as if I were standing high on a plane somewhere in space. He had a vision. And I could see for miles and miles around me just as one could stand on the great plains of the United States and gaze off into the distance for miles. I looked in every direction, but I couldn't see a sign of life anywhere. There were no trees or grass, no vegetation or flowers of any kind. There were no birds or animals. I felt so lonely. I was not conscious of my earthly surroundings. As I looked to the west, I saw what appeared to be a tiny dot on the horizon. It was the only moving thing that I could see. As I watched, it grew larger and larger and came towards me, taking on shape and form. Soon I could see it was a horse. As it came closer, I could see a man upon the horse. As I approached, he held the reins of the horse's bridle in his right hand, and in his left hand, high above his head, he held a scroll of paper. Uh, when the horseman reached me, he pulled on the reins and stopped. 
I stood on his right. He passed the scroll from his left to his right hand, handed it to me. As I unrolled the scroll, he saw this in vision form now, uh, which was a, a roll of paper 12 to 14 inches long. He said, take and read. At the top of the page in big, bold, black print were the words war and destruction. I was struck dumb, he says. He laid his right hand on my head and said, read in the name of Jesus Christ. I began to read what was written on the paper. And as the words instructed me, I looked up and I saw what I just read about. First, I read about thousands upon thousands of men in uniform. Then I looked and saw these men marching wave after wave of soldiers marching as to war. I looked in the direction they were going. And as far as I could see, there were thousands of men marching. I turned to read the scroll again and then looked and saw what I just read about. I saw many women, old women with snowy white hair, middle-aged women, young women and teenagers. Some of the younger ones held babies in their arms. All of the women were bowed together in sorrow and were weeping profusely. Those who did not carry babies held their hands on their stomachs as they bowed over and wept. Tears flowed from their eyes like water. I looked at the scroll again, and again I looked to see what I'd read about. I saw the skyline of a large city looking closer. I saw the skyscrapers were burned out holes. Portions of the city lay in ruins. It was not written that just one city would be destroyed, but burned and in ruins, but that there would be many such cities destroyed. The scroll was written in the first person and seemed as if Jesus himself we're speaking, I read, America is receiving her last call. Some nations are, have already received their last call and will never receive another. Then in larger print, it said, the time of the end of all things is at hand. This statement was repeated four or five times. Jesus also said that this was the last great revival. He went on to say, and this is the reason I read this. He went on to say, all the gifts of the Spirit will be in operation in the church in these last days and the church will do greater things than even the early church did. It will have greater power, signs, and wonders than were recorded in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. He said that we have seen and experienced many healings, but we will now behold amazing miracles that have not been seen before Jesus continued. More and more miracles will be performed in the last days, which are just ahead. First, the time for the gift of the working of miracles to be in more prominence. We have now entered into the era of the miraculous. Now, this next uh, part portions concerning many of my people, Jesus said, will not accept the moving of my spirit and turn back and will not be ready to meet me at my coming. Many will be deceived by false prophets and miracles of satanic origin. But follow the word of God, the spirit of God in me, and you'll not be deceived. I'm gathering my own together and am preparing them for the time is short. There were several other exhortations to watchfulness, to awaken, to pray, and not be deceived. Then I read, as it was in the days of Noah, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. As I spoke to Noah and said, for yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth, Genesis 7, 4. So today I am speaking and giving America her last warning and called to repentance. And the time that is left is comparable to the last seven days of Noah's time. That's incredible. So I've read that all my life as in the Lord. And I do feel like we're entering into a phase of time. Uh, tremendous challenge, but tremendous glory. And I feel like God wants us to start asking him for spiritual gifts to manifest. W would you go on a journey with me and ask him? What, what, what it, would it be like, and we've had the Holy Spirit move in our church some, but what would it be like if we had the manifestations of the Spirit on a regular basis? And what would it be like if, if every day you, you made it your goal to be used by God? Yes, you're going to work. Yes, you've got to do your job effectively. Yes, you've got to take your kids to school. Yes, you've got to do all the natural things of life. But in the mid, middle of the natural genre of life, what if we add God? Manifest yourself today and use me to your glory. What if we ask him for spiritual gifts to manifest? Do you think he wants to answer the prayer? Yes or no? 
question. How many have guts enough to ask God and the boldness enough to allow God to use you in something you've never been used in before? Are you willing? So let's end the service this way. I saw that. I was praying this afternoon. And I saw us standing right up here singing and asking. Would you get up out of your seat as we conclude and make your way to the front and let's collectively together we'll worship and then we'll ask and we'll go home. Can we do it? Y'all want to do it? Y'all excited about this? Y'all said little to nothing but you just looked at me. Y'all got this, right? Oh yeah. All right. Can somebody help me put this thing up here? Y'all come on down here. Yeah, just put it up here, whatever. Yeah, just stick it up here. Yeah, yeah. Y'all come on down. Come on, come on. Glory to God. Somebody hand me that water bottle right there. Nobody wants a dry preacher. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> come on down, y'all. Come on, lift your hands up. Lord, um, I, I don't even know how to do this except, um, you know, we got a, a, a fair crowd here. Um, everybody's here. We don't have to be. We want to be. And Lord, let the want to be increase um, in your family. Awaken the sleeper. <laughs> Discomfort the satisfied. Um, I, I ask you, place something in us that, that's just out of grasp, just out of reach. And let the reach inside of us grow. That word we talked about, Lord, tonight, desire. Zelu. Let there come a desire. And Lord, I, I feel to say <laughs> that desire is coming in, in the form of discontentment. Let, let the discontentment arise. Let discontentment arise in me so I can't be content with how things are and what I've been doing and what I'm comfortable with. Lord, let the discontentment drive me to seek you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.